Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This is uh, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. And uh, we're here going to study the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2 today. And, uh, you know, we do this every Friday morning at 9 a.m. But today it's a little different. I'm in the sanctuary and I am with my good friend and sister, Angel Peace, this morning. And she is going to play and sing for us. And we're going to worship the Lord together for a few minutes this morning. And she'll do that again after the teaching. So let's just enter in together and believe the Lord for whatever it is. We all have different needs, whatever it might be. Let's believe the Lord today for whatever that is. No matter how great and impossible it may seem, let's ask the Lord for that today, whatever it is. And I'm just going to turn it over to Sister Angel now and let her worship the Lord.
this morning and then just for a few minutes and a little less than we normally do and then I'll ask her to go again and we'll close out today's Bible study with some more praise and worship. Before we dig into the word I do just want to pray for everyone who is here with us whenever it might be that you found us and whatever day it might be the Lord is still uh, able to touch you through these prayers for you. So I'm going to ask the Lord right now for some things for you. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here to praise you and to worship you and to, and to lift up those who are here with us, Lord, on social media. We pray, Lord, that you would touch every single need that's there, every heart broke, every heart break, every body that's broken and needs mending every relationship. Lord, we pray for every single person who is watching this uh, Bible study today that you would find them and they would find you and, and, and that they would find your healing, delivering the power of, of recovering them to a, a functional, healthy place, most of all spiritually and body and mind. And we just pray, Lord, that your touch would be upon them and that the miracle they've waited for so long would, would take place even right now, that the healing they've prayed and asked for so often would take place even right now. For you've never failed us and you never will. You're always faithful and we pray your touch be upon each one of those who are in need today and that you would fill our hearts with the words of truth as we lean into your word this morning, that you would fill our hearts with your word and write them on the tablets of our mind and guide us, Lord, into more truth. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This morning we're going to be in First Peter. This is part 10, 1 Peter part 2, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, part 10 on this uh, third day of February 2023. And again, it's good to have you, my friend, and my sister here with me this morning. I told her I was going to uh, make her talk, pull, pull stuff out of her. I also told her that if, if, if everybody in the church was uh, paid, paid attention as much as she does when the preaching and the teaching's going on, just that look of hunger and desire, and she takes notes, she's Ain't no telling she's writing a novel, I guess. And and, and I know uh, when you're taking notes and you're taking it all in, the Lord's ministering to you. And, and so I'm, I'm just excited to have Angel here with me today. She's been so many places with us as we go and minister the truth and, and singing and praising the Lord, her and her beautiful family. And, and we're looking for more of that in the future. And we're planning a trip into New Jersey the first weekend of June. 
And I'll just say today that if you ever want us to come where you are and to bring the power of the gospel to you and this beautiful praise and worship that the Peace family so talently has, talently, is that a word, talently? It is now. We'll call Webster today and get it added. So they're so talented of the Lord, and, and, and we'd love to come into your area. We don't need a church to go to. We'll rent a conference room at a hotel and have church all weekend. We'll praise the Lord, worship the Lord, and teach and preach the, the word of the truth of the gospel all weekend long. And, and we're always excited to do that. So, 1 Peter chapter 2. Again, this is part 10 this morning. And we will start in verse uh, 21. If I can get this thing to work. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, sorry. We'll get there in a minute. First Peter chapter two verse twenty one is where we'll start. Bible something walk, uh, technology is <laughs> a devil in it. Verse twenty one. First Peter chapter two. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Now we see here the first thing is that we're called unto suffering. We're not called to go out and, and make or cause the suffering, but we're called to walk in his footsteps. And if we are, there will be suffering for righteousness. Now, we got to say this. There's always suffering because even the lost race of Adam suffers. Even the Christian who's backslidden suffers. But what the Bible here is teaching us is the suffering that comes due to living righteously doing righteous, suffering for well-doing. And if you back up and see what was previously mentioned here, it's uh, obeying your masters or your, as an employee, obeying your employer or being in a position in a local church, uh, falling under the, the leadership of whoever the leader is or whatever, the, a child under a mom and dad at home, a, a wife under a husband or whatever. There's always levels of our being required by God to be subject to them if we're going to walk in obedience and and, uh, and so we have to subject ourselves to them. And the Bible told us earlier that it's not just the ones we like and that are good, but it says even the ones that are harsh, like the ones we don't like. They're hard. They make me do more than anybody else, and they let them sleep over there. But, you know, we, I know about that. But we're told subject ourselves, submit ourselves even unto them, you know, and, and that is outside of them trying to make us commit a sin. I have to say that because, you know, uh, if you don't like where you're working, go get another job. Some things you can't get new. Your mom and daddy, your mom and daddy. You know, and so you can go to another church, you can go to another job, but you're still probably going to have that same problem of not submitting to the authorities. And uh, the Lord calls that well-doing. And when you suffer for well-doing, God will honor you for that. He will bless you for that because he says in this chapter, it's commendable unto him when you suffer for doing righteous. Why? Because you are reflecting his son. That's what his son did, and we're going to see that today. First of all, the Bible says we're called unto this, to suffer, because Christ suffered for us. He left us an example of suffering. 
But again, it's not just suffering. It's suffering, and we'll see what it really is about here. It's suffering for righteousness just as he did. Verse 22 says, talking about Jesus, that he did no sin. You say, well, we can't live that way. Well, Jesus told the, the woman that was brought in, uh, that been caught in the act of adultery, he told her to go her way and sin no more. I'm not saying she never sinned again, but I'm saying that he sent her away and told her to sin no more. And here that we're seeing that Jesus didn't sin, he's our example, so we should be striving not to sin. And if we learn the truth of the cross, where the power of the Holy Spirit comes from through the our faith in the cross, then we'll have a greater desire not to sin now that we've learned where the power comes from to not only deliver us from sin, but to give us the power over sin. And we should always have a desire not to sin instead of making excuses for sin. You just jump in any time. The floor is wide open. But we should never be making excuses for sin because that's not the example Jesus left us. It says he did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. That word guile means deceit or deception. He never said one thing and was trying to underhandedly get something else out of it for himself. There was no deceit. He, he never, listen, Jesus never said anything of himself. He never did anything of himself. He never was after anything for himself. Every word he spoke was because he heard the Father. Every work he did, it was because he saw the Father doing that work. And ever, everything about him, none of it was for self. It was for the glory of his Father and for us. So nothing he did, nothing he said was for self. Nothing was for him. It was all for his Father and for us. And so there was. he never sinned. He never said a, a word that was deceptive or deceitful, ever. In verse 23 says, and I love this verse. This is a very powerful scripture that lets us know, and here's where we're coming to, that we're given the example. And this scripture is the picture of our Christ that suffered so that we could have an example of suffering that gets rewarded and honored by the Lord. Watch now. Who, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But he committed himself to him that judges righteously. Now, I like to say this about this scripture. Jesus did respond, but he didn't respond to the people who were sowing their flesh against him, sowing evil and hatred. He, he didn't retaliate to them. He didn't respond to them. He responded to his heavenly Father's will. And that's where the example is for us. Because it's the will of God in our life that will cause us to suffer. I think we've missed that in Christianity. We think that the will of God will just, oh, it's, it'll just bring just a, a tiptoe of joy through the, the tulips of holiness or whatever. The, the will of God will bring suffering in your life. That's just the way it is. And, and, but make sure that the suffering that you say you're suffering from the will of God is because of your, your experience of righteousness, which can only happen... If your faith, your conscious and deliberate 
object of faith is the cross. That means your union with Christ in his death. All other suffering for what you call doing right is just you think you're right, even though it appears you're right, and it, but it's of the flesh. You and I have suffered far too much in the flesh than we should have when our suffering should be limited to suffering for righteousness' sake. And that only happens when we're suffering because of our faith is in the cross. And you go back to the examples given in this chapter of being submitted to your master. We really don't have masters here anymore. We have employers. We have a father, a mother. We have uh, leaders in positions. We have all sorts of authorities that we're called to be subject to. Instead of rising up in a fleshly, I ain't doing this and I ain't doing that, and they, not till they make them and all this stuff. Instead of being subject to them for the sake of, in the Bible, go back and read it. It says, for conscience toward God. Not self-conscious, conscience toward God and responding to what they're saying to me, what they're doing to me, not responding to them. Here's our example. He didn't respond. He didn't retaliate. He responded to the will of God, which was, look, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. The righteous judgment of God for Christ and us is the cross. That's the righteous judgment of God. That Jesus did that work of righteousness so that, uh, you know, uh, uh, we could have the assurance and the quietness of spirit that we have. And we could have the peace we have. Isaiah 32, 17 says the work of righteousness is peace. We have that peace made through the blood of his cross. But we also, that verse says that, that the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance. See, the will of God, which cannot take place outside of a, a conscious and deliberate from the heart, I'm aware of what I'm doing, faith in the cross, the death of Jesus. And people who disagree with that they must also think that people can get saved without that legitimate, tangible, conscious, aware of, deliberate faith, surrender to the sacrifice of Christ. You can't get saved there without that, and you can't, you can't carry out the will of God without that object of faith because it takes the Holy Spirit who, who must be the one behind this. Remember, Jesus tasted death by the grace of God but that, and we'll talk about this Sunday morning, that grace of God was the spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit doing the work through him, in him. The Holy Spirit's the one that led him to the cross, empowered him not to retaliate to the, the evil that was being thrust toward the greatest evil the world has ever seen, even beyond that of what Armageddon will present. That, that, that what happened at the cross was the greatest. It was a picture not only of God's love and mercy and redemption offered to man, but it's also a picture of just how evil men can be to crucify the Lord of glory, the one that came to say. It's a picture of the extent and the fullness of the evil of our hearts and what we will do to God if he's not doing things the way we say he ought to. And Jesus, by the Spirit of grace, who is the Spirit of God, he didn't retaliate uh, uh, evil unto evil, but he stayed focused on the will of God. That's what we're called to do. 
every moment of every day. And we have an opportunity to, because if we're not careful, we'll get carried off into some, uh, some uh, oppression. Uh, things just aren't going my way. I'm just not getting what I think I should have and, and all this stuff. And my Lord Jesus didn't deserve to be on the cross. We deserve to be on the cross. And, 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 and what he did, this is a beautiful verse because this is where we see that Jesus didn't return evil for evil, but he responded to his heavenly Father by committing himself to him that judges righteously. Righteousness only comes through the cross, through the work of Christ in his death on the cross. And he, and he says this. And, and, and again, you can just jump in at any time. And uh, I'll just stop and let you like, I know Andrew and Jonathan and Steve and Andrew will say, y'all got anything to add? And they'll sit there, and if they don't say something quick, Andrew, okay then. <laughs> but I love, I love watching the Scarlet Thread on Saturday night and just the truth they bring out, all three of them. It's a wonderful broadcast. But, but you just, if you got anything to say you want to add. Um, I was actually thinking when we were going over the verses, it reminded me of a conversation I recently had with a close friend. Um, I was just telling her how the most convicting thing that's been on my heart recently is, isn't he worthy? When I'm being selfish and stubborn and I just want to do what I want to do and I'm in that mindset, isn't he worthy of my suffering for the sake of his righteousness? Amen. Isn't he worthy of me to lift my hands in praise and worship even if my mind is on other things? He's worthy of my entire attention and all of my affection that I have. Mm -hmm. And just not to think about everything that could possibly go wrong, to stress about things that could cause stress later. Because mm -hmm. that's what, you know, us weak-minded people like to do. Mm -hmm. We like to overthink. But he's worthy of our mind to stay on him moment by moment. Amen. Amen. It's so true. Uh, really... All of our struggles, and I know we don't like to hear this, but it's true. All of our struggles at the root of it is what we're doing or not doing with Calvary. Because mm -hmm. that's where we, we'll, either, we'll either have to take everything that's going on to the obedience, his obedience unto death, uh, every thought captive to that. Right. And there we'll see he's worthy. He's worthy, he, and, and all that he did for me is far beyond all this that I'm struggling with. And if we don't learn to fight that good fight of faith, to carry those thoughts captive to his obedience, right here what we just mm -hmm. read. Well, he, he's the one who committed himself to the one who judges righteously. And if we don't learn to look there, you know, we will find ourselves living our entire lives oppressed mm -hmm. because you, you'll get through whatever that is. Even lost people get through some something and, and they think they're on to better things, but when they're through something, there's just an, a bigger boatload of oppression waiting. Mm -hmm. And without a conscious and deliberate looking to and trusting in Christ and what he did at Calvary, through his committing himself to the one who judges righteously, where every struggle we'll ever have can, can be taken care of by him if we'll look to where he's already dealt with it. And I, I just have to believe he is worthy. He's worthy 
for me to begin to praise him when I'm feeling mighty selfish. And I'm telling you, I think we get a little selfish a whole lot more than we'd like to get up and admit. And uh, it's, it's far more often. But he is worthy. And, and, and again, here in this, this portion of Scripture, we're, we're, we're being told that he is our example of suffering. And the suffering must be uh, everything else it, God's not pleased with. I'm not talking about suffering for sickness. I'm talking about suffering for wrongdoing. God's not pleased with that. You having to have the last say, you having to throw your two... God's not pleased with what happened. And and I have to say this, and I said it Wednesday night in the service, God's more concerned about our response to Him than He is what they're saying or doing to us. That's right. Here we're reading it right here. God was more concerned about how his son would respond to him rather than how his son would respond to those evildoers that were crucifying him. And you might say it this way, and I guess it'd be true. Jesus was responding to evil, but he responded to evil by trusting in his heavenly Father who who was judging righteous judgment in that moment. Righteous judgment uh, was being made for the whole world to be offered righteousness, even us today in our selfish moments that we have. And again, I believe every struggle we have at the root of it is what we're going to do with the cross of our union with Christ in his death. I heard Pastor Scotty Williams say some time back that People, you know, the church wouldn't be struggling and staggering all over the message of the cross if they just pick it up and carry it like we're told by Jesus to do. If we're going to be able to even follow him because nobody's following him without following in his footsteps. And and, and I want to read a, a scripture this morning in, in the book of Psalms. It's, it's quoted here quite often, Psalms 85 and verse 13. And uh, if I can get my uh, uh, Bible to work here, and here it says, and, and, and here it tells us what the footsteps are, which goes right along with what we're reading in, in, our, in our portion of Scripture today. Psalms 85 and 13. Righteousness shall go before him, talking about Christ, and shall set us in the way of his steps. There is no steps we can walk in with the experience of Christianity, the experience of our salvation, of our Christ, that are not the footsteps of righteousness. He only leads in the paths of righteousness. Proverbs 8, 20, Psalms 23 and 3. He only will guide us. He won't guide me anywhere else that Jesus was led every step of the way in his earthly ministry, every word he spoke, every Every work he did, remember he told John the Baptist when he said, baptize me, John. John said, wait a minute now, I'm the one that you should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, let us do this to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus, every footstep, righteousness shall go before him. Every step, he was being led by the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, in every footstep of righteousness. And and, and it says here in Psalms 85 and 13, righteousness shall go before him, and this same righteousness that we as the children of God have become in Christ 
shall set us in the way of his steps. So we go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we see there that we have been called to commit ourselves also to the one who judges righteously. Jesus did it for us. Our faith must be in him and what he did. He even taught us in John 7, 24, that we are called to judge, but our judgment must be that of righteousness. Judge ye righteous judgment. The Bible in another place tells us that we judge all things, but we have to have righteous judgment. And for it to be righteous, it's got to go through Calvary. It's got to go through the words of God, which all of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. But for God's words to be seen and experienced and expressed by us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they must, they must be dipped in the blood of Jesus. I can't help who don't like that phrase. That's the reality of it. The only place of experiencing good for, I mean, uh, you know, suffering for well-doing is when one's faith is deliberately, consciously, I know what I'm doing, I'm trusted in my union with Christ in his death. And when that's the case, then we're going to suffer. You, the Bible says those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The reason the church is not suffering persecution, in any place it's not suffering. It's not being criticized. It's not being looked at negatively. If that's not going on, it's because we're not walking in the footsteps of our Savior. And every footstep is a righteous footprint of the cross of Christ. We need to know that. But look in verse 24, and, and, and he keeps it in this avenue of righteousness. Verse 24, talking about Jesus, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, whose stripes, by whose stripes you were healed. This has nothing to do with physical healing. This has everything to do with living unto righteousness. There, there, there. Surely there's other scriptures that may refer to us being healed and the Lord taking on his own body our infirmities, our griefs, and, and that's true. But in this particular scripture, the context is suffering for well-doing and the well-doing being that of keeping our faith in the one who trusted in the one who judges righteously all the way unto death and our faith being in that death so that we can experience. If, if that's not where our faith is, then, the, then the, the suffering that we experience is not going to be because of well-doing. It's going to be because we're in the flesh. Everybody's in the flesh when they're not trusting in the cross. Right. Everybody. Anybody that's not deliberately, consciously trusting in their union with Christ in his death is in the flesh. And there, there are people who don't believe it, and that's fine. They don't have any scriptures to back it up. But we do have scriptures for what we believe. And But he tells us here, Jesus has his own self, without our help, 
bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, because we've trusted in him and what he did there, and we still do, moment by moment, we're striving to keep our faith there, fighting to keep our faith there, should live under righteousness. You can't live under righteousness unless you're making judgments concerning that. To live under something means you're consciously giving yourself under something. I mean, it, it, I mean, just think about how simple that is. Uh, there's no confusion that's going forth. If you're living a way, that means you have to give yourself to that way. And the way we give ourselves to living under righteousness is by keeping our faith in and I mean a deliberate, from the heart, conscious, I know what I'm doing, I'm trusting in, the death of Jesus, and that he died for me to pardon me, and that I died with him, that I might have new life in him. And not only be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but live unto this righteousness. Romans chapter 6 teaches this same thing. It teaches the same thing, that there's only two choices we can make Two choices that I have to give myself to one or the other. It's the sin nature unto death. If I'm not careful, I'll do that to avoid suffering. Or I can give myself to the way I'm called to live, which is under righteousness, obedience under righteousness. And uh, those are the only two choices there are. And while we're clinging to one, we'll despise the other. While we're loving one, we'll hate the other. You better wake up and realize which one you're clinging to because... Uh, you got to be clinging to one we're called as the children of God and to live unto righteousness. The Bible even says to the church, awaken unto righteousness and sin not. So this is an important topic. It's probably my favorite in all the Bible, righteousness, because it's who my Lord is to me. It's who he was made unto me. It's who he's made me in him. And the list goes on and on. I, I, I get beside myself. I wish there could be three of me talking about righteousness because it's the most beautiful thing in the Bible because it's who our Lord is. It's who we are in him. It's who, what he's robed us with. It's, it's, uh, it, it's the path we're on. It's, it's the fruit we can bear. It's everything. But the last verse here, because you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. We have been as sheep going astray, but the good shepherd came, paid the price in his own body, bare our sins, and he committed himself to the one who judges righteously so that we could commit ourselves to him and live under righteousness. That's what the Lord's calling us to. You got anything you want to add before you get up and sing, <laughs> play for us again? Praise the Lord. I was going to mention um, that this message, it provides us with an ultimatum. You you can't just do nothing with it. You're, you're, you make a decision as soon as you hear it. You either don't want it or you're hungry for it. And, you know, the Lord could change your mind about it if you keep hearing it and you keep listening. But... Ultimately, you're going to decide you're either going to go the way of righteousness or you're not. You're either going to be bound to the sin nature or you're going to be bound by grace. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember the first time hearing Sister Lindsay Bass minister, um, she said something, and I've, I've quoted it a couple times now because it just really resonated with me. Um, but she said, 
when we accepted Jesus into our hearts, the sin nature got kicked off the throne and grace sat down. And I've just always remembered that because that's really when I first started grasping mm -hmm. that there is a sin nature and that I have to choose the right way and I can, you know, choose to live by grace through faith instead of being bound by the sin nature. Amen. Wonderful and uh, so thankful. And the Bible even says, we read it Wednesday night in the message, that grace reigns through righteousness. We must be found walking in the footsteps of the righteousness of our Savior. We must be found, even when it calls for suffering for righteousness, to continue and uh, because there's where grace reigns. Grace doesn't reign anywhere else except through the righteousness that we've been called to live unto, that Jesus paid the price for us to be and to have and to experience. Praise the Lord. So uh, thank you for jumping in and sharing. It was great. And we're going to just praise the Lord and worship the Lord some more this morning. And again, as Angel makes her way to the keyboard, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord. Ask the Lord for what you call the hard thing. That that you've, you, you, you've not been, you've not been, uh, you've not received it yet. I want you to ask this morning. I want you to believe the Lord this morning. I want you to call out to him. He can work a miracle right now for you. He can heal right now. I'm not telling you he's going to. I'm telling you that because you know him, the potential is there. And your faith touching him and his work at Calvary can bring the power that flows from that hand of the Lamb of God. Call on him this morning.
Praise the Lord. I pray the Lord has touched you right where you are. I pray that you've asked him and that you've believed him and that he is not finished with you wherever you are. His plan is still there before you. And don't let the enemy bring shame to you because of all our past failures and our shortcomings. That's what the cross is all about, getting us up out of that and moving us on down the path. And we're just so thankful that you've gathered with us today around God's wonderful words of truth and worship the Lord with us. And hopefully we can get Sister Angel back with us more often. And, and uh, I just love it. And uh, don't forget that you can tune in on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. The YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And you can donate to the ministry if the Lord stirs your heart to do so simply by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next time right here. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. Beautiful. Beautiful. You could have kept playing. <laughs>